0: I've never seen a diamond in the flesh
1: I cut my teeth on wedding rings Dude, that's pretty oh, cool just yeah, that is a sad that, that is a sad, sad. clown <laughs> Dude, that's pretty good
0: <laughs> This is the clue Bringing you weekly interviews with f 3 Omaha exploring their F3 experiences and finding those sticky elements that create the glue in the gloom. We, we've got a really exciting guest here and exciting- hold, on, hold on,
1: hold on, hold on, hold on. Start over. You, you can't say we've got an exciting guest because we just said that. You gotta let's change okay. up the introduction a little bit. All right. Uh,
0: Welcome to another episode of The Gloom. Our theme for this one is going to be ice works fast, but heat makes it last. We got a guest (laughs) on today, very special to me. Uh, He's a former queue at uh, Paradise Island, uh, is a phenomenal leader, both in the community and within F3. And I have had the joy of, of many conversations with this guy, just about life, about work, uh, concentrica, Source. how do we just get better at being men that support our families and our communities? Uh, and so Icy Hot is on the gloom today. If you didn't recognize that was the slogan uh, from Icy Hot. And uh, Icy, why don't you take us to the start? Who EH'd you? Uh, what was that first workout like? And then, you know, your, your nickname is Icy Hot, but I don't know if that's the slogan you live by or if there's another uh, another reason that we gave you that name.
2: Well, geez, what what an introduction! I do appreciate be, uh, being a guest here today on on the gloom. Uh, I what, what's that old saying? Longtime listener, first time caller. That's what I feel like today. You know, I've heard so many other people come on, but uh, shoot, my my F three journey began uh, June thirteenth, twenty twenty. It was a Saturday morning at the pit. And it really began probably a month before then. And nobody EH'd me other than Twitter. Uh, friends with Sparty. Uh, Sparty and I went to the same high school. In fact, I gave Sparty a ride to Creighton Prep High School as a freshman. Uh, so I knew, knew him, had not talked to him in years. Uh, Birdman. Uh, was a graduate at prep same year I was. So again, uh, somebody I had followed on Twitter, and I ke- kept seeing these name videos. And I'm like, oh, this is interesting. So I, I go to the website, I look at the website, I'm like, oh, what is this? What time is it? Where is it located? And I think the Saturday before I finally came out, I, I told my wife, like that Friday night, I you know, I'm going to go give this a shot. I'm just going to show up and see see what this is all about. I didn't set an alarm, nothing. And, you know, kind of. Sometimes I can be a little little uh, too much talk, not enough action, and that's kind of what happened. I just overslept. So again, the following June 12th, Friday night, I said the same thing. To my wife, she says, "No, you're not. You're not going to get up." She goes, "We heard this last week." Again, did not set an alarm clock. All of a sudden, I rolled out of bed. It was. I think uh, 6.20 in the morning, this is when the pit was still at 7 a.m. I pull up, slow pitch is on the queue. I had no idea what I was getting myself into other than I saw Namorama videos and I knew that everybody had this weird nickname uh, that they would say at the end of the workout. Well, I park my car, I walk in. There were so many people there. As most people know, slow pitch draws people in. It's got to be his uh, sense of humor and his lengthy COTs that draw people in, but uh, I had to park over by the shelter. I walked down that little hill of uh, o- and across the road over to the shovel flags, and I'm greeted immediately by uh, a few PACS members, and hey, what's your name? How'd you hear about us? Who brought you out? All of that stuff. Well, when I tell people that really Twitter brought me out, uh, they were a little shocked, but, uh, I get in that circle at the very beginning as we go through the disclaimer, the core principles, the mission statement. And I look around that circle and big one is there uh, who I went to high school with. Um, uh, so I knew him, uh, I think I'm trying to remember some other guys that were there that I knew of safe ride. I knew safe ride because he hung out with, uh, some other guys that I went to grade school, middle school with. So, you know, I start to realize I know some of these people. And uh, I think we get through DDJs, the slow pitch favorite. Uh, At that point, that might have been 15 minutes into this workout. I sat there and I said, I'm just thinking in my head, what did I get myself into? And just the constant encouragement uh, kept me pushing myself and, you know, the first time you're out there, you, you don't want to look like that person that is modifying. So you're pushing yourself a little bit harder, but I know I, I don't know if I breathed much after the first 15 minutes of that workout. And all I kept thinking is how much longer does this go? And I remember one person saying Saturday workouts are the worst. They, that extra 15 minutes of working out, uh, it can push you over the limit. I'm sitting here going 15 minutes in, I was ready to quit. But uh, we get to the end of uh, the workout, we get back into that circle, uh, and, and I, was an, I didn't give the packs much to work with when it came to a nickname. I got in the middle, told them, you know, I'm married, got two kids, uh, I'm an athletic trainer, I work at the University of Nebraska-Omaha, run the sports medicine department, and everybody kept going that direction. And I think uh big one finally said icy hot and uh slow pitch stuck with that. And then, uh, so two years, two and a half years later, I have been known as icy hot. And, uh, I went home that morning and, uh, the first, I didn't, first thing I told my wife wasn't, Hey, I, uh, I got this cool nickname. It was, I told you I was going to get up and go that's so, awesome I was
1: actually I was actually hoping that story would have ended with you know I'd watched the Twitter videos I knew these guys had nicknames and hey I just told people my name was Icy High and so I made myself essentially
2: no <laughs> did not it did not do that but uh you know I, I was like oh I, I thought the name was just okay I you know some sometimes you hear people with these names and you're like wow that's a really good name but uh you, you really do embrace that name And it becomes, it almost starts you, and I I relate this to, uh, you know, when you bring home or when you have that birth of a baby, it's like a new beginning for you and that new name and you, you embrace it and that is who you are and your personality is, is that name, so.
1: Yeah, for sure. Well, and I wanna I, I really do wanna highlight the the fact that you you came just based off a of Twitter post. You weren't EH by anybody because that is so rare. It's all it's always, hey, yeah, so and so brought me out. I mean, I think there may be at five guys total that have ever come out because they just felt the desire to do so on their own initiative. Um, I mean, was there something in particular that drove you to say, Hey, like, yeah, this looks cool or if these guys can do it, a sparty can do this, I can I can do this.
2: Well, I think a lot of it had to do with the time, uh, the time period we were in. Uh, you know, I, we were in COVID. COVID started mid March, sent home, didn't go to an office really for April, May. Um, and I was, I really wanted to be around other people. And I was, I was sitting at home. I i think every night turned into a, 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 uh, some sort of a gathering, whether it was at uh, my house with one other family or at this other family's house. And all we did was drink. So yeah, I was looking for something else. Uh, I, sure, I worked out. I got on the elliptical probably four or five times a week and rode that elliptical for 30 to 45 minutes. That was the max amount of exercise I was getting during that COVID period. And I got bored with it. And it, I mean, it's like running on a treadmill, you know, how much can you stare at the same four walls? And uh, I was just looking for something different. And I looked, saw this, these guys were having so much fun in the morning, had smile on their face, and I was like, ah, let's give it a shot. What do I have to lose? You know, I'm going to get a. And like so many people say, you, you know, you go for the workout. Well, it's so much more than that. And yeah, the workout was great. It was much better than riding an elliptical. Uh, but uh, as, as you get more involved with F3 and get to know some of these people, you realize they're going through the same struggles, you know, COVID, during COVID, I mean, so much was closed down. Okay. You had alcohol and you had your family and that was about it. So for me, it was an opportunity to, uh, replace a bad habit with maybe, maybe a good habit. You're getting in shape. But on the other hand, uh, I, for myself, I, I can easily become addicted to something. And when I joined F3, I jumped in with both feet. And I went posted that Saturday. I was sore really Sunday, Monday. And I showed up again uh, at Cornhusker on that Tuesday. And I heard somebody say, well, I don't miss. And I said, well, if that person, and it was khakis, I said, well, if khakis doesn't miss, then I'm not going to miss. And I think I went just about every day. There was, there was a, uh, a place to post. And for those first, well, really, all the way up until November of 2020, December of 2020, I posted about every day, and there were very few sites in Sarpy County. Being a Sarpy County PAX, you only had one way to go, and that was north from Sarpy County. So uh, that's where I went just about every day, and you know, part of it was probably selfish on my part. Uh, as school got back into session, I knew I had my routine. I left my I left my wife at home uh, with uh, really one child. My, my oldest, he was in middle school. They started later. He was really good at getting himself ready for the day and walked to school. I mean, we live right across the street from the middle school, so he walked. But my, my daughter, being in elementary school, uh, I took off at 4.30 in the morning. Uh, so I could arrive for a pre-run, get the beat down in at 5.30, and I'd just go straight to work. I I had to be at work at 7 a.m., so I'm like, I'd rather make the drive with no traffic early in the morning than leave the house at 6.20, 6.30, get stuck in traffic, and I sat there and internalized it. I'm like, I'm only going to be home for about 15 minutes when my daughter's awake, so is that 15 minutes you know, I, I internalized it, said it's only 15 minutes. Well, re- really looking back on it, probably a little selfish on my part. And it took a couple conversations between my wife and I. And uh, but I, you know, I had this conversation with uh, different PACS members and everybody just kind of shakes their head and says, yep, we've been there before.
1: Yeah, I totally get it. And a lot to unpack there. Uh, first, I think all of us are better off having you here than stuck on the elliptical you're on. So I commend you for making the change. We're definitely a lot better off. I'm certainly a better person having you here. We've had the privilege of going on a lot of pre-runs with you, getting to know you as a person. So super grateful for you for making that change. And, you know, I think I just want to like, just give you some praise here because I think it is so unique and so brave for you to kind of step outside of your box and try something new. And I think you went into it with the right attitude of, hey, what's the worst that could happen, right? What's the worst that these guys could possibly do to me or say to me that, uh, you know, that I won't live through the next day, so. It, it's comforting to know, though, that
0: you were able to get from Twitter to the website and find the locations. Like, that's that's a good feeling. Like, there's some linkage there. But I guess I was more curious, um, you know, as a trainer, I mean, is, is Icy Hot the product you would have wanted to be? Uh, or are you more of a biofreeze? Bengay, I mean, what would have been your uh, your preferred product there?
2: Well, if, if if I have to be named after an analgesic, I would definitely <laughs> take Icy Hot over some of the other options. I mean, every day saying uh, BioFreeze, it's a little longer. It doesn't roll off the tongue as well. Bengay, uh, I, I don't know. I, I think Icy Hot, for me, uh, I like the one syllable. I mean, you can cut it down to Icy. And, you know, a little shorter. Yeah. Uh, And I get icy a lot. And, you know, icy, not even one syllable. I think icy is two syllables. So, but, uh, uh, you know, it, it definitely, I definitely feel like I'm blessed by having that analgesic name versus any other
0: yeah well shout out to uh nantan on at f3 greenwood his he's uh ben gay uh so that's you know it's, it's interesting just the number and i'm also curious you know could we do this disclaimer right you're like i'm you know i'm not a professional but in some regards right you are you have some professional background in this fitness space how have you uh you know interacted with that
2: yeah yeah it's uh interesting dynamic uh I always tell people in this location, in this space, I am not a professional. Merely suggestions. Uh, the way I look at it, I'm not. I'm not a big morning person, so I I'm not thinking clearly until after the workout. So, you know, but it's been it's been nice uh, because you you have an opportunity to understand from my background understanding you know, how things kind of go together a little bit more, uh, you know, it, but early on, yes, I may have put more thought into the workout and looking at, uh, you know, sets, reps, how we want to, what exercises we want to do. Are we trying to be explosive? Are we trying to do power strength, whatever it, the workout is so secondary and i think that comes over over time you start to realize that uh, i think even even as i do my it put together my cues i put more emphasis in the cots than i do the workout it's it for me it's about getting a group of guys together have an opportunity to connect share whatever whatever's on your mind your heart with the guy next to you and then leave some sort of impact or some, something that the packs can take with them when they leave that workout that day. For me, that's what's become more important over the course of my F3 journey.
0: I, I love that. And I think you're spot on, right? And I, I mean, I think most guys would say that second half is really the glue. Um, you know, I think even Preetly might say that. I, I am curious your thoughts on you know, so, fitness wise, right, it sounds like you had something going on. Pandemic really impacted what you were looking for. Uh, and, and then F3 has been able to fill that, that gap from a fitness perspective. But tell me about the second F because it sounds like you knew quite a few guys. Uh, and so, what, what was your experience with like coffee or Q source or maybe pre running? I mean, where did you find that second F engagement?
2: You know, the first time I posted, I heard, Hey, come on over. I, you know, we're going to go over to the dairy queen. We'll go to the beanery, go sit over at the dairy queen, uh, come on over for coffee. And and I was like, yeah, I I, probably still wasn't thinking straight or didn't have enough oxygen to the brain at that point. Uh, I went home. Hey, I was like, I'm on this high. It almost like, you know, workout high, uh, meeting all these people, low overwhelmed at first, because it was a big group that day, and uh, but the second time I posted, went to coffee and realized, oh wait, there's more to this, and the the opportunity to go have coffee, and it doesn't have to be long. I mean, you could be there five, ten minutes and hit the road. So important to continue that conversation, uh, especially for the. For the guys that are fairly new you can barely catch your breath during the course of a workout whether it's on a pre-run or the actual beat down so to be able to put thoughts together and uh, express those thoughts uh, is so important at that coffee and i found coffee to be extremely important uh, and, and i had the ability to go every uh, just about every day which is certainly beneficial you know it, it, go to the beat down, go have coffee, go to work. I was blessed to be able to shower, get changed, get ready for the work day at my place of employment. You know, so you didn't have to rush to go back home. Uh, whereas now, now I have to rush and I miss, I miss that coffee in the morning. Uh, you know, when, when a site has coffee on, on site, like the bell tower does currently, it's huge. You know, you can sit there and have that conversation. You can get your 10 minutes of coffee without having to hop in a car, go to the location for coffee, and then because at that point I've got to turn around and hit the road. So the coffee is huge. Uh, yeah, yes, I knew several people that were involved in F3. I'd say we hadn't connected in in a period of time, so it was nice to reconnect with some, but also. Uh, to meet new people,
1: so you were able to kind of go to those second half opportunities. You know, I, I did want to circle back to something that you said earlier about how when you joined, you were all in, right? Like you both feet all in, and you talked about like this addictive thing that happens. Like I always describe it as a high, um, because in my opinion, you you do get a lot of dopamine release, whether that be from the workout itself, you know, if you get your fill from having like coffee with other guys and getting to know people, I mean, there's a lot there. And it's, it's really easy for that first month, first couple of months to say, yes, I'm doing this and I'm doing this 150%. And then, Oh shit, I'm two months in my wife is bringing this up that I'm doing this 150%. And now I'm only doing 20% of my family life. And so having to reconcile that and, and make adjustments, I guess, How did that, how did you go about navigating that piece? I see.
2: Yeah. Uh, I mentioned it took several conversations. Uh, I'm, I'm hardheaded. I'm stubborn. Uh, I don't like to be told, Hey, what you're doing isn't right. Uh, you're neglecting other, other areas. And I think it really took, uh, some conversations with different PACS members.
1: Well, and that's uh, hard to hear. Right. I want yeah. kind of to, I want to, right. Like, Hey, like and plague says this all the time, how can what I'm doing not be right? Because it's so good for me. And it, I'm, I'm not doing the things that were bad for me before. I'm not having drinks the night before. Cause I know I've got to be accountable and go post. And I'm not, as plague would say, I'm not doing lines of Coke right now at 530 AM. I'm, I'm working out. So what's the problem?
2: Exactly. And in, You know, it it took, yes, my wife saying something to me, but what it took was uh, Tater Tot and Slow Pitch said, yeah, we've been there Uh, and say, you know, you got to listen to your wife and listen to her, uh, her thoughts and her feelings and come to some sort of compromise. And, And that's really what we did. We came to a compromise. I, you know. It probably, in my eyes, I felt like I gave away a lot, and in my wife's eyes, I probably didn't give up enough. And right now, I'm still struggling, and I don't know. Sounds like a good
1: negotiation. Yeah, (laughs) both sides think they got screwed. So yeah,
2: exactly. So really, what happened was Sarpy County started having some sites. So, and this is where the struggle really began for me. Is yeah, Sarpy County had sites, but when I started the guys I grew close to were posting in the district area. I, those are the guys I those were the guys I wanted to go see every morning. You know, I, it was this, it was the pre-runs with pony, the uh, pre-runs with slow pitch uh, that I truly, I truly enjoyed flat Friday at the woodshed and trying to keep up with the plague. You know, it never going to happen, but uh, you know, that's what, that's where I wanted to go. Well, with Sarpy County having some sites, what that did is that allowed me an opportunity to come home. You know, I could go post and come home. So that's what I did on Mondays. That's what I, uh, I would do. I tried to do one other day of the week, you know, whether it was the sanitarium on Tuesdays, but then, you know, you, you had this internal struggle going, man, that's, that's now like four days in a row. I haven't seen, uh, I haven't seen some guys up at uh, the Cornhusker Cornhusker, my Cornhosker is probably one of my favorite sites. Uh, just so much to do there, but yet somewhere you've got to you've got to have a little bit of give and take. And by being able to come home, I was able to contribute a little bit more to the morning routine. Uh, right now, right now, uh, I'm still struggling. School started in August for my son. I take my son to school every more, every morning. He goes. He's in high school at Creighton Prep. Is on 120th and Blondo. If I don't take my son to sc- leave the house at 7 a.m. to get him to school on time, uh, he's going to be late and nobody else is going to get him there. So, I mean, certainly we could work out a carpool and different things, but if I have an office I can go work from a, 10 minutes from his school, it makes no sense. So, let's just make sure I'm at home. I can take him to school. I can contribute to the morning now. This is where the the struggle continues is, but I still want to post and I still want to go north to uh, the Coliseum, the battlefield, uh, Paradise. You know, that that one month where I still had Paradise as the site queue uh, it caused me a lot of stress and anxiety because I'm sitting here going, I'm the site queue. We have queue source afterwards. And I have to leave as soon as the beatdown's over because it's going to take me 20 to 25 minutes to get back home so that I can get ready and get out the door at seven to then get all, get back out to 72nd and Western Avenue to drop him off at prep. So it caused me some stress and some anxiety, but uh, you know, everything works out. And in what I learned during that is, Yes, you could be a site queue You could have some sort of leadership responsibility, but don't be afraid to lean on others. You know, there's, there's a lot of guys in this, in this group that are willing to help, but you have to ask. And, and don't be afraid to say no. You know, I, I, that's, that's another thing that gets me in trouble. You know, I, I, I spread myself too thin. And I, all of my saying yes causes friction at home. And I think that's, that's where the balance and I, you know, I think I've always struggled with this is being able to balance what I want to do and my selfish attitude with what's best for the family. And I, one of the biggest things I did occurred just over a year ago when for 18 years I worked in college athletics, my career came first. uh, And I said, you know, I can't, I've missed out on birthdays, Thanksgiving, uh, Easter's, all of these holidays and different functions and put so much responsibility on my wife. And I tell people looking back on it, my wife was a saint to put up with me being gone as much as I was to uh, try to. And when I'm on the, when I was on the road, I, I would say I was, I was present, I was checking in, I was doing that, but to help solve some of the logistical things, like, okay, if we got two functions, wife is one person, how can she get two kids to two separate places at the same time? You know, the way she was able to juggle all of that, uh, I think we got into about uh, month, three or four of me being at the new job, and I looked at her and said, how did you do this for nine years? Yeah, it's unbelievable how you were able to balance all of this, and so I kind—I I go back and I reflect on that, and I was like, "She sacrificed a lot," and sometimes, and like I said, it, it's some, I'm selfish, and I think we all are selfish in our own ways at different times. But uh, to be able to reflect on that, and okay, I need to be a better person, and what I what I find really beneficial is i think every i think a lot of people within f3 can say many of the same things you know we're we have our own selfish attitudes and how did you or uh have you been in this situation how did you how did you respond what advice do you have but we as men just have to ask
0: yeah i love that man and i you know what i think um you're, you're telling every guy's story here, right? Because this is, it's so, we can all identify with this. What what I think is so different or what I love about F3 is that as you're going through this struggle, the, the guys in F3 are going to push you towards, like away from F3 to your family. And that, to me, that creates a stronger pullback to the group. It's this weird thing, right? Most groups, if you were trying, if you were saying, oh, I can't come to this group thing because I got to do family stuff. They'd say, no, come on, keep, you know, stay with the group of everybody in F3 is like, you're right. Your family's a priority. Your family's a priority, and um, I just love that because then we we really are like sticking true to what we care about, which is that that concentric piece. So, what? Um, well, go go ahead with your comment. I was going to ask you a little bit about Q source and maybe how that impacted some of your thought process.
2: That's exactly where I was going to go, and uh, you know, I, I think you know, two years we've gone through Q source in my time twice at paradise. Um, and I think the first time I was more of an, uh, uh, a listener and just tried to take in what everybody said. Uh, and I absorbed a lot of, a lot of stuff about the concentrica and, you know, putting your M right in the middle and then branching out from there. And, that's really where I started to really reflect on okay, what am I doing to be a better husband, to be a better father? Uh, sure, I, you know, you start to think about the things you missed out on. Where and do you want to be more present? And I thought QSource really opened my eyes to a lot of that. And I, that's when I really began thinking about do I really want to continue uh, in, in the profession I was in at that time uh, at the place I was at. Uh, you know, certainly there's other opportunities uh, outside of college athletics, uh, you know, a high school athletics. Well, does that change a ton? Uh, the, the thing about athletics is when athletic events take place at night and on the weekends, no matter if you're talking high school or college. So that's when I really began thinking to myself, okay, I'm probably going to have to make a career change or hope that this unicorn position outside of college athletics or outside of athletics uh, opens up within a certain time period. So I, I took a leap of faith and decided that uh, spending more time with my family, being at home, uh, no nights, no weekends, uh, being able to watch my kids compete in their events, you know, I, I, I think uh, I watched more than a uh, more than two or three dozen games from a phone that my wife was trying to FaceTime me, you know. So it, it's just not the same.
1: Well. And what's interesting is I've noticed on our pre-runs, right? You've, with your previous job and your new job, the the context of our conversations has changed to where it's no longer, I wouldn't say that our first initial conversations were surface level. It's just, we were connecting about sports in your job, where now me being a new father and you having kids and your, your focus now shifting to more of your family that we're connecting on a completely different level than we were before. And all because you made the decision to, Hey, like, this is a priority to me. This isn't anymore. So I'm going to make this shift, be intentional with what I'm doing. And then, I mean, look at the fruits of your labor. Like, I think we're closer now just based off this decision you made than we were before. And I know I wasn't your intended audience by making that choice, but I mean, I think it's, it's important to highlight, like how, how much of an
2: effect it can have. No, I would agree with you. Uh, And I, I, I ran into this a lot. You know, you, when you, when you work in college uh, and you work in athletics period, you know, the, everybody thinks you want to talk athletics. And initially that's what I really enjoyed about F3. When you show up, nobody cares what your profession is. It was an outlet for me to not have to talk about athletics. And, but you know, when they, when people, when people, find out you work in athletics, you know, it's an easy, it's an easy conversation starter. So that's where, that's where people want to go. And so you, so you end up talking about it, but uh, you know, I, I still love sports, but yes, I would agree you're able to be more intentional pony uh, and, and have deeper conversations. You know, I think one of the first things plague and I talked about after uh, this was probably a year ago after I changed uh, careers. Is it gave my wife and I an opportunity? We began a, a Bible study group at, at the church. It gave us more time together uh, to be together. Whereas uh, when I before, you know, it was a matter of okay, we're going to divide and conquer because it's always been my wife doing everything by herself. Well, where can I pick up the pieces versus her and I having quality time together?
0: Man, I, you know, it's so cool because there's so many, my my mind is just going crazy with um, just your, your journey and it's reminding me of um, wait time. So for those of you that, that know wait time, uh, he started after Omaha, Uh, but when he, he went through a job transition and lost a job um, that actually was the reason he moved here. And his, his response to that was like, it, it didn't appear to faze him. And when I, I remember asking him about it and it really came down to his relationship and his identity with work, like work was not the center of that. And so I just remember thinking like, wow, if, if we could get one guy to like de-identify with work as being you know who he is Um, think of the impact we could have on families and communities and you start hearing that in in people's stories and what's really cool i see is um you know you think about you know disruption right so you know leaders influence through disruption and and like think how disruptive this this would be if many guys would say i'm i can't make that kind of transition right but you are proof that like, here you are, you're okay. And life's actually at a better spot. And you, and you see other guys making job transitions for similar reasons now, because we're starting to kind of get this idea that like, I don't have to be defined by my, by my job, you know? So I, I don't know. How has the transition been? I mean, was it, I'm assuming it was scary and like, how did you work through all of that if other guys are curious?
2: Yeah, it's uh very uncomfortable and I would still say I'm uncomfortable. Uh what I'm doing is not me. I prefer to be in front of people, be face to face, uh, you know, have good conversations, develop a relationship at times. What I'm doing feels very transactional and both parties are trying to get something out of it. Uh, but you know, it, it just continue to put myself out there and, uh, continue to embrace being uncomfortable, uh, even before I, even before F3, before doing this, I always, I, I always had a mantra, be comfortable being uncomfortable. And part of that was because of the profession I was in. You never knew when somebody was going to suffer a head or neck injury and you're going to have to put your training to use. So can you be comfortable being in uncomfortable situations? And, 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 relying on your training, relying on the th- your knowledge to just continue to push forward. Um, no matter what you're doing, you're going to have ups and downs, any career, any profession. Uh, and you know there are weeks where I sit here, I make a ton of phone calls, I get zero production. And there are weeks where all of a sudden, all those phone calls I made two, three weeks ago, all of a sudden comes to, uh, becomes some fruit of my labor. So I sit there and it's like, okay, it'll pay off. And in the end, I always believe things will work out. Uh, You know, do I, do I feel like this is a uh, permanent position? Uh, It has to be the last job I ever have. No, I truly believe this is a transition to find something that will, uh, fulfill me more, you know, where I can have a greater impact on, uh, people on my community. Uh, you know, like I said, I, you know, it's purely transactional right now. And, you know, I'd love to have a greater impact on people. Well, and that's, 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 Good for people to hear too,
0: right? I mean that that um, it's okay to have a job that you go to and you you do your best, but it's not your favorite thing that you get to do all day. Like I, I you know, I think some of us, um, myself included, you know, we can get stuck in like searching for the job that aligns with our with our passion. Uh, and and sometimes, if I chase my passions, I'm going to make some really selfish decisions, you know. And and so I think we so got your be-
1: passion just needs to be
0: making money, baby. Uh, it doesn't matter what you're doing. Uh, yeah, but um, I am curious. I see what, um, as you think about, you know, F3, like one of the things we're trying to do, right. Is, is equip leaders or, you know, reinvigorate male community leadership. Um, I mean, man, you know, getting a guy to um, lead better in his family—that sounds like um, sounds, sounds like we're doing we're doing an okay job. But what what are your thoughts from a leadership perspective, being a site I mean, how are we doing equipping men to lead well in their community?
2: You know, I think I think we do a great job. We we do a good job of taking that uh, new guy, giving them an opportunity to lead their first workout. Uh, the thing we've all been there where we think we have to create the world's best BQ. Okay. The, the best beat down. We put a lot of pressure on ourselves. Uh, we don't sleep well that night. Uh, we want to have an impactful COT, the workout. It, it'll be fine. And what we do better than anything is we encourage our fellow packs to to just put their best foot forward, you know, do the best they can. Uh, You know, it's a grinder. If you put a four-man grinder together, it's a four-man grinder. If you do something a little more creative, it's fine. Uh, You know, but we give them an opportunity to have their first first workout cue. We give them an opportunity to, if they're passionate about something, bring it forward. We'd love to help, whether it's Project Pink, it's uh, Coat Drives, it's uh, Thankful Trot, I mean so many different things that are out there and we're in that time of the year where we, we're going to get hit up here a lot uh, with different things and but we give, we give men an opportunity for them to continue to impact their community uh, to be a leader uh, if, if somebody shows interest in being a site queue, and sometimes not everybody shows an interest sometimes it takes a little prodding, uh, and Hey, you'd be really good at this. Have you given it any thought? Uh, and then once they become a site queue, it's on, you know, nobody's telling them how to, how they need to lead or how they need to fill their, uh, queue count, uh, schedule, you know, that's up to each individual site queue. And, and that's what I find, uh, I find, I find, I find, interesting a little bit because you get to see how different people lead. You know, you get those people, you get some people who want to get their queue schedule filled out for six months and you get others that, you know, three weeks, three weeks out is plenty because you never know who's going to end up canceling on you, uh, have something come up, or you got somebody that's a new guy and you want to get their VQ at your, at your site. So, you know, it's, giving them different opportunities and then just to see how different site cues may add a twist to their location, like Chernobyl, uh, at the pit, he's added, uh, uh, an opportunity during the COT to, uh, basically call out a guy who's, who's accelerating, you know, and whoever that may be at the end of a workout. And that person doesn't even have to be present, it could be somebody within the community that's been posting at those sites for a period of time. And uh, you know, Hey, this person, they've been accelerating, they're pushing themselves. They're participating in things that they probably hadn't done before. Uh, I, I find that stuff really uh, impactful, but also special. So I love what, I love what guys are doing to uh, not just, not just have the status quo, add their twist to a site, but even though you're not a site queue, you have opportunities to, to impact your community, impact the packs, and find your own way to lead too.
1: So I guess in terms of your leadership there at Paradise, I mean, did you try and incorporate some things that were important to you? Um, and then how did you go about kind of finding the, the next one in line?
2: Uh, Paradise. So I think the, the biggest challenge was par- with Paradise was Paradise Bakery closing. Uh, for me, the most important thing for that site was Source And how can we ensure that we're impacting as many guys as possible through Source? And we get a lot of guys that at various time throughout a Source have to leave. And I always felt that if you had to put people in a car and drive to a location, you were going to lose some people that otherwise would have stayed if QSource was on site. So that, it, it, to me, that was the biggest challenge we we encountered uh, during my time at Site SiteQ uh, because I wanted to make sure that we kept QSource on site. So we had, we had a couple options. Uh, you know, one, of course, was to find another location to have it, but that meant uh getting in your car and then driving to that location. Uh the option that we in, ended up going with, which was uh just planting the flag down at Wheatfields and Q source right there at Wheatfields, uh, through a connection with Black Long, uh, we were able to get in with Wheatfields. They were gonna open an hour earlier for us. One of the waitresses uh, Ann, Ann is wonderful. Uh, she, she'd do, you know, she'd make sure you had plenty of coffee. But uh, Ann would show up early. We had a place to sit, have a conversation, whether it was indoors or outdoors, and, and try to recreate what Paradise Bakery gave to us. It wasn't Paradise Bakery. It isn't Paradise Bakery, but it does allow us to keep as many guys as possible. We're able to start on time, which I find extremely beneficial. I know there were times at uh, uh, Paradise Bakery where, you know, by the time you'd start, it might be about 6.20. You you really wanted to get going about 6, no later than 6.15. At Wheatfields, we were able to start by 10 after 6 most days because the coffee's on the table and we can go now. There were some challenges at Wheatfields. There still are some challenges there. Uh, whether it's how how do we pay? You know, at Paradise Bakery, you had different options besides just black coffee. So it, you know, it, different things. But I think when you look at what is the purpose, the purpose is to have a, a Q source discussion where people are able to uh, share what's on their, what's on their heart and mind and and open up on particular subjects, you know, and keep as many people as possible after the beatdown. So when we look back at what, what, what are the goals, we're able to accomplish that at Wheatfields, And I think for me, that was the, that was the biggest challenge of leading paradise bakery or paradise Island, uh, was when we switched locations. Now, obviously, you know, uh, retweet has taken over, uh, that when I was searching for somebody, uh, I found Paradise, Paradise Island is a very veteran-led site. So one day I looked around the circle and I just kind of went around, and this was during a name rama and I'm sitting here going, current site Q, current site Q, old site Q, old site Q. And I'm just sitting here going, Okay, who am I going to turn this over to? And uh, Retweet was a guy that was at Paradise a lot uh, early on, and then of course he came down with an injury, and his his consistency waned a little bit because of that injury, and uh, being able to run kind of aggravated his injury. So, uh, but Retweet Retweet and I have known each other for. Uh, a long time actually our paths crossed uh when i was at iowa western community college and uh there was a i think we shared a, a patient once or twice during my time there and uh so i've i'd known him a long time and when he showed up the i want to say that it was the day after christmas in oh 2020 possibly maybe 21 it was 2020. uh i didn't even realize he was there until he got in the middle and said his name and we reconnected right there. But, uh, you know, re- retweet is a guy that is always positive, always encouraging. He and I have, uh, grown close, had several pre several pre-runs together, but I couldn't believe when I was looking for a site queue that he hadn't been a site queue yet. And, uh, I, I said, Hey, I called him up and said, Hey, here's, here's what I'm thinking. Are you interested? And he goes, I don't need to think about it. I'll do it. And I was, I was just, I was ecstatic first off because as I mentioned earlier, I had a lot of stress and anxiety building up and going, knowing that school was starting. It was going to be a challenge for me uh, to continue to lead paradise and, uh, so he, so retweet and I, we had lunch. He goes, Hey, what day are you thinking? I gave him a date and, uh, he goes, he goes, yeah, I'm, I'm already leading elsewhere on that day. I said, what about the following week? He goes, yeah, that day works. So that's how we settled. I, I think that date was September 14th and, uh, you know, paradise is in good hands. There's no question. He's a, uh, we've witnessed his leadership abilities, whether it was leading the CSOP we had, uh, his ability to connect with different PACS members. Uh, like I said, he's a super energetic, positive guy that uh, is going to do great things for paradise. And I already know he's got good, he's got big things planned.
0: Mm. Yeah, absolutely, man. I, I, it was cool just to be there be a part of it. And, um, you know i the way you navigated the the move you know we haven't had too many shelving flags move i don't i don't know that we've actually had any other than paradise um so just to appreciate the way that you navigated that change uh, from a leadership perspective you know i i am curious and you know i want to be respectful of your time but a couple of things maybe we haven't gotten to dive into um you know third f kind of faith or or even just like advice for for packs you know i know we have a lot of guys that maybe are still unsure about Q source. What um, what's on your mind that you would would love to share uh, just with the guys that are listening?
2: Uh, you know, the third F. When it comes to the third F, there's so many different uh, opportunities, and I know in the uh, I don't know if you were on yet. Plague when Pony and I were kind of talking third F. Uh, third F. A lot of people think you know, church, uh, my religion. And for me, uh, and this has changed over the course of maybe just being an F3, uh, you know, if people would say faith. I, I would immediately go to church. Okay. And that would be my, my thought, but you know, for me, faith is everybody has their beliefs, you know, whatever those beliefs are, uh, you know, I think we all share a, a, uh, I share a belief that we have believe in something higher than ourselves, and that's that's where I am with people, uh, and, and even with myself. You know, my my city, I've got two younger sisters, and I think you know, religion kind of has created some, uh, some arguments in the past but uh, just based on beliefs. And to me, it's, hey, you have a belief, you you have a conviction towards your belief. I'm good with that. Uh, and, and that's where I'm at. Now, Hey, I am a, I grew up going to Catholic schools, uh, K through 12. Uh, you know, so church has always been an important part. Uh, one of the things that uh, I've always, uh, my wife and I have shared is a, is a common belief in in God, you know, and it's important to our family. It's important that we instill that in our kids. Uh, Now, at some point, it'll be up to them to make their own decisions. But uh, that's where we're at. Now, I really believe, you know, the opportunities that F3 gives us when it comes to our third F, uh, whether it's the Food, uh, the food bank, the food pantry. It's the uh, donating blood. It's giving back to our community in some some shape, uh, you know. And and participating them, you know. It, it doesn't have to be any big time commitment. We've done the uh, and, and a lot of what I've done. I've done as a family. So as a family, we've done the Heartland uh, uh, Food Pantry on that Saturday morning. My kids actually absolutely love going. Uh, they love handing out the food. We've done the abide on that Saturday. Uh, go out there. Uh, it's, uh, that one is a little bit more, uh, it, depending upon where they place you, it's a little bit more strenuous. Uh, I, I thought that was a good experience. Of course, you know, the different uh, – the. The different donations you can give, certainly there's those opportunities. But I would encourage every PAX member to to participate in something, Uh, one of those volunteer opportunities. Uh, When I went to Creighton Prep, you know, volunteer was uh, a big part of what we did as students there. So to be able to have some of these opportunities to participate in those again certainly is, uh, I, I enjoy it. I think it's good to expose my kids to it, to kind of see uh, other walks of life and, you know, some of their struggles. You know, sometimes you complaining about what we're having for dinner isn't that big of a deal compared to some others.
0: Man, I, I love that. And that's, you know, I'm, I'm just waiting for we have a... Um, seven-year-old that will be hopefully old enough soon to go out and participate in in some of those uh, events. But um, yeah, I'm I'm hopeful that we can do more of that. And I think you're spot on, right? I mean, I think um, the beauty is there's an abundance of things that a guy could go and do, right? With his family or or without depending on their schedule, but uh, having those opportunities is really priceless for, you know, how do we give back to the community? I, you know, I am curious too, you know, so somebody that grew up with faith and, um, you know, one of the things that I, I feel like I hear a lot is a guy grew up going to church and then feels like he was maybe burned by the church or, or has just become, become distant, you know, in his relationship with God or, or the church. And I guess what I hope is that we're creating a, a space to kind of start exploring again, you know, like what, what does that look like? Cause it, you know, you don't, you don't have to remain, you know, distant or separated from God forever. Right. So I I don't know. What are your thoughts? Do we, are we providing that space? Do you think for guys to kind of explore that relationship?
2: I do. I I think we provide that. I think what guys have to be okay with is asking questions. You know, there's so many different opportunities. Uh, you know, some of us aren't satisfied with the church we currently go to, whether they don't like, uh, the preacher, the priest, the, the pastor, whatever, whatever it is. And then they just, well, I'm just not going to go. Well, there are other options out there. There are different churches. Uh, you know, there's several PAX members that have searched and talked to other PAX members asking, Hey, where do you go? What do you like about that? That church? Mm -hmm. Um, You know, so just really letting PAX members know, Hey, you can ask, don't be afraid to ask. It's kind of like, don't be afraid to say no. You know, if you're overwhelmed and you're already on the queue schedule three times that week, you can say no.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I need to take that advice. What, what about, uh, what about for you? What, uh, you know, as we see you out there, as we're thinking about you, praying for you, what, where do you need, uh, encouragement for these days? What's going on in your world?
2: you know, just keep, uh, you know, if people see me, just continue to ask about how I'm doing balancing, uh, you know, everything with the family, you know, maybe because I want to make sure I stay within those guardrails. So Mm -hmm. really just keep, just keep asking, uh, thinking about me there. Uh, you know, uh, outside of that, I can't think of anything else.
0: Nice. I, you know, one more thing I want to get your thoughts on what, what would you say, you know, kind of the elevator, elevator speech for QSource? What would, if, if a guy is like, I don't know about that, or why should I go, or what, what would be your, uh, how would you convince somebody, or just what would you tell them so that they, they knew more about it?
2: I, I would say QSource is a, it, it's a discussion, but you don't, it just come and listen.
1: Hmm.
2: Listen to other men talk. You don't even have to read the material ahead of time. Show up and just soak everything in because chances are what somebody says will stick with you because you, you have either experienced what they're going through or you're currently experiencing what somebody's talking about.
0: That's perfect. I love it. I love it. I, I do think um, just getting guys engaged in that and some of the content there. I I still um, I just started a process reading through the the Q source and journaling because I want I want to actually do the challenges and some of the application stuff. Um, there's some really powerful things just to go through. So I, I love Q source will always be a passion of mine. Well, let's um. Anything else on your mind before we do name rama?
2: Uh. All I want to say is thanks for the opportunity, Plague. Uh, I know Pony had to jump off, but, uh, you know, I really enjoy the podcast, getting to know the packs of F3 Omaha. Uh, I, I can't say uh, there's one that sticks out above another, but I do find them uh, the ability to get to know some of these packs members. Maybe we don't have an opportunity to interact with and uh, listen to their journey within F3, where they're at, uh, super beneficial. And, uh, thank you for the opportunity to share my story.
0: Yeah, man. I, you know, we F3 needs every man and every man needs F3 kind of thing. And I think, um, I'm learning a lot just from listening to guys. So I'm glad you've been able to listen and I'm glad you've been able to share your story. You know, I think if guys are, uh, listening and they, and they've identified with your journey, as I, and as I know they have, um, I would just say, Icy's always open to good conversation and, and, you know, good questions. And, you know, so I would just, um, offer that to guys. I think he got a lot of great insight to share. So appreciate you, man. Uh, Thank you. Let's, uh, we'll do Namorama. I'll try to remember Pony's age. He always, you know, I think today he's a little tired, maybe looking older than, than he is, but, uh, I'll start us off. Brandon Fleary, 36, the plague, the plague. Let's do, uh, John Whitworth, 31 Pony Express,
2: Pony, Mike Cola forty, icy hot.
0: Icy hot. Uh, and do we do a? Is there like a sound, a sound? Do have we come up with that yet? Okay. No
2: sounds. Just icy hot. Just icy hot.
0: And and to be clear, not biofreeze. It's icy hot.
2: Well, that's right. Uh, the sh- just the shack commercials.
0: Just <laughs> yeah. Awesome.